Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zazlo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. 
888-789-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedanos, Presidente, Win dixie Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. All right, good morning, everyone. Zaslow Show 2.0 here. It is a Monday morning, the 7th morning of November. Good to have you aboard as we got a big-time Miami Sports Weekend to wrap up here, glad to have you with us. Week number two, Zaslow Show 2.0. Super appreciative of everyone who helped us get through the first week. Uh, I think it went pretty smooth. 
You know, a week ago today, doing the first show for Zaslow Show 2.0, you're getting the podcast wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, you're going to find your boy, okay? Make sure you check out the YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash Show. I'm uploading some stuff there. We did some fun things last week. We did a little uh, big game, not a big game with fake Zaslow. We had the debut of my wrestling-specific show. It's still real to me every Saturday. If you haven't checked that out, go check that out. It's me and my pal Joey Levin. He is my co-host for Saturday's WWE Crown Jewel. We reviewed the entire show, so you can go and watch that on the YouTube channel. But, of course, also here on Saturdays, it's uploaded right there on the Zaslow Show 2.0 podcast feed, wherever you're getting the show, whichever podcast platform you're using there. So go check that out. We're still going to mix in pro wrestling stuff Monday through Friday, but that show on Saturdays is specific to pro wrestling. But today, a Monday with a lot happening over the weekend. We had a Sports Equinox on Saturday. Sports Equinox. Everybody knows what Sports Equinox is. That means on the same day, you got football, you got basketball, you got baseball, you got hockey. Everybody knows what a Sports Equinox is. Now, The Sports Equinox on Saturday, it was college football. Does that technically make it a Sports Equinox? I feel like it's supposed to be pro football. It's supposed to be all four of the major North American pro sports. So is that still a Sports Equinox? I don't know. But the point is, we got a lot of action from over the weekend. So really glad to have you here. And of course, this being the start of week number two, Zaslow Show 2.0. Zaslow Show 2.0 from day one. You already know. Brought to us, presented by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Mark Anna Jar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anna Jar. If I got any kind of issue, if I'm dealing with an injury, anyone I know gets into an accident, I'm sending them to Anna Jar and Levine because I trust them. I know the families. And if, if you're listening to my show right now, I consider you my friend, and I'm only going to send you to the best to make sure that you get taken care of. So, love those guys. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE, 800-747-3733. All right, I had a lot personally that went on this week. I, I, did, I did a lot of stuff. I was very busy this weekend. A lot going on. We'll get to that. That's not the most important thing. You're not tuning into Zaslow Show 2.0 today on a Monday morning looking to hear about my weekend, first and foremost. No. We'll get to that. You want to hear? I know you want to hear about it. We'll we'll get to it. All right. But first, we got. Do we start out with the good, or do we start out with the bad? We start out with the good. All right. So we start out with the Dolphins. The Dolphins thirty five thirty two yesterday improved to six and three, and you know essentially they're doing it. All right. You you knew that they had the tough, very tough stretch first four games. You would have been like, holy shit, if they can get out of those first four games two and two. Well, I mean, they were three and one. They were three and oh, and then they were three and one. Now, you gave one of those games back. The one, you hope that this game doesn't haunt you, although the loss isn't looking as bad now, but you hope that this game doesn't haunt you 40 to 17th, the Jets. That's the one that you look back at. You don't look back at the Bengals game, Thursday night football, short week, on the road, Tua got hurt at the very beginning. You're not looking back necessarily the Vikings game either. You had Jaco- uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett. You got, that was last year and this weekend. You got te- it may as well have been Jacoby Brissett. You got Teddy Bridgewater out there, 
And Minnesota, we know, is a good team. They're now 7-1 and one after winning against Washington. They're called the Commanders this season. And the one that you're looking at right now, the, the, the one game that I think you really wish you had back was 40-17, to 17, the Jets. Now, at the time, we didn't know the Jets were any good. The Jets are looking pretty good now. The Jets, 6-3, and three, right there, AFC East, best division in football. How about that? Everyone... We would have thought AFC West, best division in football. We know the Chiefs are awesome. The Chargers, are, I mean, I know Chargers are 5-3, and three, but I don't know. I don't feel like Chargers are very good. The Raiders stink. I mean, can McDaniels be one and done? And, and, and then the Broncos. Uh, Broncos are not good either. That AFC West stinks. AFC East, AFC East, and NFC East, best divisions in football. AFC East, you got three six-win teams. And another team that's over 500. It's the only division in football that all four teams are over 500. And then you look at the NFC West, obviously undefeated Eagles, Giants with the great record, six wins, Cowboys with the great record, six wins. And then you got the Commanders, what are they, four and five now, I think. So AFC East, best division in football. NFC East, pretty damn good also. The one game that you wish you had back, if you're the Dolphins. Dolphin fan wishes he had that Jets game back. But you look back at it now, it's like, all right, the Jets might be kind of good. I mean, I, I don't, I don't trust their offense whatsoever. But the Jets' defense is clearly the real deal. You, you, you got to be fair. Yeah, I know. I got some Jets fans. That, my, my boy Pino. All right, I got Jets fans that listen to this show. You're holding the receipts. I get it. I can't wait for that next matchup, the game that's going to be here. Which, by the way, th- those final games of the season at Buffalo, home against the New York Jets. Whoo, boy. The, those are some major, major stakes, those two games. Major stakes. So that's kind of the whole point, I think, right? As this, so the Dolphins are doing it. They got through that early part of the stretch uh, stretch of the season unscathed. They were 3-1. and one. You gave one of those games back because we knew that, what was it, like seven of the next game, eight games, and we're still in the middle of it. We still got a couple more of those games. We knew that seven of the next eight games during that stretch was going to be, hey, you, you got to win pretty much all these games. You knew you were going to, like Vikings was a tough game, and then you figure you're going to slip up somewhere else, which they have already. So the final, that was the Jets. So the final two games of this stretch here, Browns this weekend, and then you follow it with the Texans. The Dolphins should be coming out of this stretch eight and three. That's big time. And they're doing it. Like they're there, six and three, and six and zero oh this year when Tua finishes a game. The Dolphins have won thirteen of their last fourteen when Tua finishes the game. Wow, I, you know, you know, I'm so happy about that. I mean, Tua, I love being right. That's number one, and I've been on Tua's tip since day number one. Love being right, but you, you know, I'm excited about that. Tua, that's my dog. He was on fire yesterday. The Dolphins' offense is fun as hell. Look, there are definitely things that you can be down about. There are definitely things that need to be better, big picture-wise. But overall, the only thing that matters is this Dolphin team is in the thick in the AFC East race. They are in the thick of it. They are clearly up. And this stuff matters for the Dolphin fan who, look, if you're a Dolphin fan who's 25 or under, You've never had a season like this. 
Now, I'm not saying that you've never seen them at 6-3, and three, but you've never had a season like this where they're 6-3 and three and they're exciting and, you cl- and, and, and like they're fun. They got a great quarterback. They got great wide receivers. Yo, Jeff Wilson, shout out to you. Fitting right in week number one. Nice little change of pace between Mostert and Wilson. You got a running game here. Dolphin fan who's 25 or under, you, you've never had a season like this. I feel really good for you. I do. They are clearly a playoff-worthy team, and they have a franchise quarterback. That's the only thing that matters. Like I said, overall, are there things that need to be a lot better? Yeah, defense, I'm looking right at you. Right? I'm looking right at you. There are things that need to be better. But there are too many things that you're experiencing right now as a Dolphin fan that are making you feel good and making you feel all kinds of ways that maybe you've never felt. Especially if you're a certain age. Especially if you're under 25 years old. The only thing that matters, this team is in the thick of the AFC East race. Which, by the way, if you're in the thick of the AFC East race, that also kind of means you're in the thick of being the number one overall team in the AFC. Because right now, the number one overall team in the AFC is only a half game ahead of you. And that's the Buffalo Bills. And you already beat them once. You're in the thick of the race in the entire AFC, essentially. They are clearly a playoff-worthy team. That doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, obviously, it'd be a massive disappointment if they didn't. But they are absolutely a playoff-worthy team. And you have a franchise quarterback. You know that. Like, that conversation... Does Tua have his shortcomings? Look. Tua... Tua would have gotten his fair share of blame yesterday if they lost. Let's be honest. Tua would have absolutely gotten his fair share of the blame. You could say to yourself... Hey, defense, defense sucks. That's why we lost the game. Well, as poor as the Dolphins' defense was, they came up with two, they came up with stops in the fourth quarter. Well, yeah, like late third quarter on. They came up with stops on three of the last four possessions. Two punts, turnover on downs at the end of the game. And we saw that what? The game against Baltimore too, right? Game against, you know, Ravens are up, whatever the score was at the time. <clears throat> Ravens are up big. Dolphins' defense... Didn't let him do anything in the fourth quarter. Shut him down. Gave the offense a chance to come back. You saw the Detroit game as well. I mean, Detroit's kicking our ass. The Dolphins shut them down. Defense shut them down in the second half. And yesterday, I mean, Justin Fields ran for a quarterback rushing record of 850 yards. Defense is poor. That's for sure. But when it really mattered, when you really needed the defense to come up with some stops... They stopped Chicago three of the last four possessions. All right? Two punts, one turnover on downs. That's You got to point that out. Tua would have gotten his fair share of blame if the Dolphins don't win that game yesterday. Like, let's say Chicago comes up with the game-winning drive. Maybe they, you know, maybe it's, they kick a field goal and you win in overtime. Like, oh, the defense gave it up. You, you're going to easily and very rightfully so point out Two specific plays from Tua, which would have put the game away. Number one, you had the fourth down play. He misses Smythe. Dolphins go for fourth and two, which totally good with the Dolphins going for it there. It's 35-32. What are we like? Midway through the fourth quarter. 35-32. The defense still at this point, you don't trust. And you figure, hey, we kick a field goal here. A touchdown, we're going to lose. Let's go for it here. Our offense is awesome. 
Let's go for it here. Let's just put the game away. Worst case scenario, we give Chicago the ball all the way back here inside their own, you know, what was it, the 10-yard line, 15? Inside their own 10-yard line. They got to get a touchdown to beat you. Just like before, if you get if you kick the field goal there, it's a touchdown to beat you also. So no problem. What It's not like the Pittsburgh game, and even though that was not like fourth quarter, it's not like the Pittsburgh game where you go for a field goal that you go up two scores. You weren't going up two scores here. You weren't even going up by a touchdown. No. McDaniel, it was an aggressive call. But you know, I don't even know if that was that aggressive. It wasn't even that aggressive. It was the right call. You go for it there. They don't pick it up. Specifically because Tua doesn't make the throw. Was there some miscommunication between him and Smite? Smite looked away. Whatever. It, it, it doesn't matter what happened there. It was a poor throw from Tua. You got to make that throw. That's play number one. And of course, play number two. Before the Dolphins got their final stop. Tua looking deep for Waddle. Ball was knocked away. But he, I think it was Waddle. But he was open. And if Tua leads him just a little bit, not only is it a completion, run out the clock, game over. It's a touchdown game over. Those two plays, the Dolphins iced the game, and Tua did not make good throws. I love Tua. That's my dog. But you got, fair's fair. You got to point it out. And I know that, you know, there's talk, oh, Tua can't throw the deep ball. Tua's got a noodle arm. I hate that talk. I don't like that shit. But those two plays there, you have to point out. So Tua, as great as he was yesterday, he would have gotten his fair share of blame if the Dolphins don't ice that game yesterday, and it would have been deserved. So as poor as the Dolphins' defense played yesterday, they did come up big in the fourth quarter. They came up with stops. And I know the Bears fan is... The Bears fan screaming about the P.I. I, I haven't read a ton of reaction, but... Am I the only one that thought Crossan had good coverage there? You had the incompletion on 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 fourth down right after that, which probably should have been a catch. Uh, I mean, like the player should have caught it. But third down right before that with Claypool, yes, there was some contact there. But I mean, it, there's contact almost every play like that. I thought Crossan had good coverage. I did not think it was pass interference. I thought I was a little bit surprised the official didn't call it. You figured they would a little hometown cooking. I thought the official made the right no call. And when you go and look at the replay, Claypool kind of bails on the play. Like, he backpedals into crossing. He's falling down as he's trying to catch it. Instead of kind of establishing your position and jumping up with two hands to catch the ball. If he does that, A, he probably catches the ball, number one. And B, then if he's held down, that's an easy call for the official to make. But instead, Claypool, he kind of played that ball like a sissy, all right? He's still backpedaling as the ball is coming. Instead of jumping straight up, he's falling into crossing. I thought it was a good no call. I don't know. Hit me up, at Zazlo Show on Twitter, uh, Zazlo J on Instagram. Am I like the only one who thought that that was a good no call, that crossing made a good play there? I did not think it was pass interference. So, I mean, wham, Bears fan. You can cry about it all you want. I thought that was a good defensive play there. So, Tua was great. Hill Waddle, I mean, you can't, they're unstoppable. The Dolphins running game, Jeff Wilson seems like a nice addition, obviously. And only one other thing that I could point, like I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to harp on things that we could be down about. 
Dolphin fans should be just super pumped, super excited. You got the Browns this weekend. Uh, you know, Browns, I hate them. And then you got the Texans. Like, let's go. All right. And also, by the way, good teams, good teams beat teams they're supposed to beat. You know, they barely got past Pittsburgh. You needed a game-saving play from McBenogany there. Shout out. It was to his first game back. You could understand maybe some trepidation there. Just win the game. Just survive. The next game, Detroit. I mean, hey, look, Detroit sucks. We know that. Aaron Rodgers has scored nine points. So it's not like everyone is scoring 100 points on the Lions. But the Dolphins, on the road. It's a road game. Road game that you trailed by two touchdowns. They win that game. And yesterday, you get behind early. Not big, but you get behind early against Chicago. You're on the road as well. You win that game. The good teams win the games they're supposed to. And the Dolphins went on the road the last two weeks, and they're winning games they're supposed to. Now, only one other thing that I got to point out, which, you know, the the defense, look, Bradley Chubb did nothing yesterday, but you got to feel, look, give him a little bit of time, all right? He's going to help. And and maybe one day Byron Jones appears out of nowhere, out of thin air. Maybe one day Byron Jones decides to play football. I don't know. Very difficult to tell. Maybe the defense will wind up improving. But one thing that I'm very concerned about with this Dolphin team move, you know it. You know what I'm going to say. Dolphins kicking situation. Jason Sanders. Brutal. Brutal. I can't believe well, it was two years ago or three years ago. I, I can't believe it was only a couple years ago. Jason Sanders, he was automatic. Automatic. Every time he's out there, you know he's going to make the kick. I can't believe this is the same guy. He's making every kick just a couple years ago. And now, you you know know you're with me here. When he runs out on the field, you have no confidence he's going to make the kick. Doesn't matter the distance. He doesn't make over 50 yards. He's over three. He he does not make over 50 yards. Every NFL kicker now makes 50-yard field goals. 50-yard kicks are nothing these days. Jason Sanders can't make one. And even when he comes out under 50 yards, doesn't matter what the distance is, you have no faith that Jason Sanders is making that kick. Sanders had a chance to put the Dolphins up by seven at the break yesterday. 29-yard field goal, chip shot. I don't care if it's a freaking blizzard, all right? 29-yard field goal. It wasn't even close. Totally hooked it. Sanders had a chance to put the Dolphins up by seven, which was so huge because then they also get the ball, which they then scored on too. So you would have been up two touchdowns Early in the third quarter. Instead, you were up by 11 early in the third quarter. Chicago got within three, back and forth. You know what happened there. Touchdown, touchdown, game over, Dolphins win. Jason, that, that was a major sequence in the game, keeping the door open there for the Bears. Jason Sanders could be a problem for this team. Late in the season, you got that huge game against Buffalo I'm talking about, the huge game against the Jets. Jason, like These are going to be close games. Jason Sanders gets out there late in the fourth quarter, Dolphins are lined up for a 48-yard field goal to win the game against their division rival. You feel like he's making that kick? What? He hasn't made a single kick over 50 yards yet this year. Dolphins could get a a 53-yarder to win the game against the Bills. Or or, or win the game at home against the Jets. Whatever. Last game of the season. Last game of the season. Clinch a playoff spot. You're at home against the Jets. 53-yard field goal. Jason Sanders line up. You feel like he's making that kick? I think Dolphins got a problem with kicker. And it's not like, hey, cut him, bring someone off the street. I, I don't want to bring someone off the street. 
But Jason Sanders, I, I, I think, is a problem. I think he's a problem late in the season, in a big spot, and I think he's a problem in the playoffs. I hope that we don't get to a place later in the season where we're going to remember this show. Where we're going to remember me saying that Jason Sanders could be a problem. I hope we don't have to look back at this show. But 6-3, and three, man. And as exciting as they've been in a quarter century. So, you're not, you're not going to get me to complain too much right now. Those are things that need to be pointed out. But overall, and especially considering where the Dolphin fan has come from, what you're experiencing right now, okay, the defense isn't very good. So let's outscore our problems. And that's what they've been doing. They've been outscoring their problems. They outscored their problems this week. They outscored their problems last week. So you, you got to be, I'm, I'm so pumped about this. I'm really pumped about the Dolphins. I'm super excited about it. Really good stuff. You're going to have a great crowd this weekend against Cleveland. I mean, F the Browns. It, let, let's go out there and stomp this team. Now, you're a little bit worried about Bradley Chubb, of course. This Dolphin run defense. You're a little bit worried about Chubb. All right. I'm talking about, I'm talking about your word. Nick Chubb. Bradley Chubb. That's going to be a little bit confusing. You feel like Cephalo is going to be able to master that this weekend between Nick Chubb and Bradley Chubb? My God. By the way, I listened to a lot of the Dolphin game in the car. Yes. Well, I listened to a bit of it in the car. And and then my son had soccer yesterday. Uh, yo, shout out Weston Select, U14 boys. Another dub. Great weekend for my son's soccer team. We had to travel to Naples this weekend. This Saturday morning, we had a game in Naples. Won that game one nothing. And then yesterday, home game. Won that game 3 nothing against a team from Kendall. And uh, they're not, my son's team is now 6-2-2. Two two. So, by the way, great win yesterday. Both games were tough. Great game yesterday. They won 3 nothing. The game was scoreless going into the final 15 minutes. Ended up winning 3 nothing. And shout out the goalkeeper, Corey Zaslow, my son. Clean sheet for the last five matches. That's what we're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Clean sheet for my son for the last five matches. Came up with two monster saves yesterday while the game was still scoreless. Uh, he was excellent this week, and he's been really good. Obviously, he was out for the first month of the season. He had a hit pointer. If you guys listen to the Zaslow show, you know that. He's back. He's essentially full strength. Uh, just kicking ass out there. I'm so proud of the whole team, though. Great weekend for Wesson Select, you 14 boys. So anyway, during the game yesterday, I'm listening to a lot. I got, I got the earpiece in. I got my phone in my pocket. I'm listening to a lot of the game. What do I do? If you have the opportunity, like, I, I got I got Sirius XM satellite, and if you have the opportunity to listen to either of the broadcasts, either the Dolphins broadcast, and you know I love Joe Rose. Joe Rose is an excellent color announcer. You know I love Joe Rose. If you got an opportunity, though, to listen to either the Dolphins radio broadcast or the other team's radio broadcast, I think it's, what's, what's his name, uh, Jeff Joniak, who does the Bears, I think that's his name. If you got an opportunity to listen to the Dolphins radio broadcast or the other team's broadcast, you got to go to the other team. You have to. So I got Sirius XM Satellite, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to listen to the Bears broadcast. I can follow along the game. I know what's going on. It, it's, it, it's, it's, you listen to another team's broadcast, radio broadcast, and if you couldn't tell, right, it's such a disgrace. It's such a disgrace, the Dolphins broadcast. It is. It's really, it's so bad. Dolphin fan deserves so much better. So I had a clue yesterday was what was going on. Otherwise, I would have no clue. But anyway, so I, I, I listened to a lot of the game yesterday. But obviously, 
I was able to see the fourth quarter. Uh, but I, I had a clue what was happening. All right, anyway, enough of that. So, Dolphins next up, you got Cleveland. But a, a real feel-good weekend for, for the Dolphins. And, and last night, too, by the way, which we'll, we'll get to the Panthers. We'll do a little bit of that. But that, that helps make up. I mean, it doesn't really doesn't totally make up for it. But at least you end the weekend on the high football note than the way that you started the weekend with the massive embarrassment of football that took place at Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday night. So we'll get to that in a second here. Let me let me mix it up a little bit. I'll tell you a little bit about my weekend. Let's let let's build into a crescendo before we get to the Canes here. I mean, you got you got you got some Canes fans out there who were mad at me. I didn't I didn't devote enough time last week to the Canes FSU. They're upset that I didn't think the game had juice to it. Look at you now. 45 to 3. Get the hell out of here. 45 to 3. You're upset that I wasn't so pumped up about the game and they go out there. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't be mad at me for not thinking the game was so huge. You can't be mad at me for not being so excited about Miami FSU. It's a rivalry game. Both teams come to play, recruits, blah, 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 blah. You can't be mad at me about all that, that I'm not super excited about Kane's FSU this year. Not in general. In general, I love it. You can't be mad at me that I'm not excited this year, this past Saturday, about Kane's FSU. You're mad because you're a Kane's fan, and then you lose 45-3. Please. We'll get right back to that. So, I went and saw Brad Williams this weekend at the Dania Improv. Uh, you know, if you don't know Brad, you know Brad Williams. Well, if you don't know who he is, when I tell you he's the very famous comedian who's also a little person, now you know who he is. Now you know. Like, you don't recognize the name, but oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Now you know who he is. And if I can tell you, I love seeing shows at the Improv, man. We went to Dania Improv. Shout out to Marcos and the guys there at Dania Improv who always take care of me. I, I love going to the Improv because, you know, you get the big shows. Like, my wife and I are going to see Adam Sandler tomorrow night at Hard Rock Live. I love that venue. It's expensive, man. So, and Adam Sandler's my wife's favorite. He's on her list. She would leave me for him. I get it. So we're going to see Adam Sandler tomorrow night. It's it's going to be really great. But man, it's it's expensive, you know? So I love seeing shows at the Improv. Improv's so affordable. Intimate. You're right there up close. Improv's a great time. I love going to the Improv. Anyway, <clears throat> so we go and see Brad Williams this weekend. And... What and and I I gotta tell you, it's as much fun I've ever had at a show at the Improv. He just he killed he killed it, such a fun show. Sitting there right next to Roy Bellamy, Amin Al Hassan from the Levitard show. Got to see those guys and hang out a little bit after the show with them. Brad Williams just killed it. I I, I had so, my wife too. I love it. See, you know how that goes, right? With me, when I take my wife to a comedy show, I gotta be so careful when I take her to a comedy show. Because I, I know a lot of these comedians. She doesn't. She had no idea who Brad Williams was. And I gotta be careful because if, if, if I take her to a comedy show, or a movie for that matter, I gotta be very careful when I take my wife to a movie. But especially a comedy show. If we're at the comedy show and she's not laughing... Kills it for me. I can't enjoy myself. 
Because if, if I know she's not enjoying herself, then I can't enjoy myself. If she's not finding it funny, that's all I'm thinking about the whole time. So I got to be careful. And I knew she was going to like Brad Williams. And holy shit, she, I mean, she's cackling throughout the show, which I love. That's, that's my favorite, hearing her laugh like that. So she loved it. I, I loved it. He killed Brad Williams. Man, he was funny. And by the way, does such a good job disarming the entire audience with him being a little person right when he comes out on stage. Now, not that, not that, and I, I wouldn't think that anyone cares or, you know, because you're there. You bought a ticket. You prop now my wife didn't know who Brad Williams was, but I would figure 99% of the audience knows he's a little person. So it, it's not like it should be a surprise, but he does such a good job disarming the audience and letting everybody know, yeah, we're going to talk about me being a little person and you're going to laugh really hard and it's great. And he does such a good job at that when he starts out because, you know, you have the host of the show, you have the, you have the feature act right before him and then you got the main act, which is Brad Williams. And so he comes right out on the stage, everyone's clapping, they're cheering, they're happy to see him and, and he just starts right out. Hey, you got, you, got a, you got a Jewish guy, you got a funny tall black guy and now a midget just ran out on the stage. We're going to have fun tonight. And ev- I mean, just up roarious laughter. Like at that point, it's like, oh, okay. All right. We're going to have fun tonight. So he, I mean, he just, he, he killed it. It was, he was so good. I highly recommend going to see him. Uh, what else did I have going on this weekend? I saw, I saw Brad Williams on Friday night, Saturday night. Shout out to my guy, Nelio CCW Coastal Championship Wrestling. Bash at the Brew Saturday night. Unbranded Brewery. They had the Canes game on there. And the first... Now, now I told you, I debuted my wrestling show this past Saturday. It's still real to me. Go check that out. It's on the Zazzle Show 2.0 feed. So, excuse me. Went on Saturday night. My guy Nelio, he's... Uh, I think his title officially is uh, Executive Director for CCW. He's like the promoter, you know? And it's the first... He welcomed me. Me and my buddy, we went. Unbranded Brewery, by the way. Shout out to them. Great food. Had an awesome pulled pork sandwich. The food, the beers. Ah, great vent. I love finding breweries like that. It's in Hialeah. I love finding breweries like that. And it was my first ever indie wrestling show. Believe that? I'd never been to an indie wrestling show. First ever indie wrestling show. Holy crap, we had a good time. That was fun. Got to see the Vampire Warrior Gangrel in action. He did a terrific job. That was exciting for me, being a kid, uh, you know, a guy who grew up watching WWE. Of course, loved the Attitude Era. Gangrel, all-time great WWE star. Should probably be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame one day. But first ever indie show I've ever been to. We had a great time. So shout out to Coastal Championship Wrestling. And by the way, it was packed. I, and when I say packed, I mean, we're talking like several hundred people, but it was packed, man. They draw a crowd. We will go again. So shout out to those guys there, CCW Coastal Championship Wrestling on Saturday. Man, that, that was a lot of fun. So great weekend for your boy. Great weekend. Had a really good time. We had the soccer with my son. That went super well. Went to a comedy show. Went to an indie wrestling show. Dolphins capped off the weekend with a, with a good win. You on the road, you win. Score lots of points. Good win. Good win. 
So I had a really good time. Hope your weekend was good as well. And uh, and by the way, tomorrow, tomorrow, election day, uh, governor, every, I mean, there's a full slate. And when I say full slate of NBA tonight, every NBA team is playing tonight. That's got to have something to do with why the Heat are playing at 8.30. The Heat are at home tonight against Portland. The game's at 8.30. That sucks. That's not good for anybody. It's got to be, it's got to have something to do with everyone playing tonight. And that they're trying to stagger the game somehow. I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I'm sorry. But every team is playing today because no team is playing tomorrow because it's election day. You got to figure at most arenas, probably at FTX Arena tonight too, you got somebody who's going to make some type, maybe it's UD, you know, gets on that microphone. And, and they're going to say something about going out and voting tomorrow. So that's why you got everyone in the NBA playing tonight. All right, let's get to the Canes, though. So this was, I mean, what am I going to say about that game right now that you haven't already thought to yourself, that you haven't heard, like, immediately following the game or yesterday or what have you? Like, it, it, was, it was as embarrassing a loss Canes football's ever had. Because it was at home. I mean, it's FSU, but I mean, they've got, they've, they've gotten their shit kicked in by FSU and b- before when they've been rebuilding, like they're rebuilding right now. The problem is, should they have been re- like, did we know they were rebuilding this year? It, did Cristobal let you know that we're rebuilding? Certainly the Canes fan didn't think we're rebuilding. Oh yes, yeah, Azo, come on, new system, we're rebuilding, new coach, give it some time. I don't know, I don't feel like that was the energy that the Canes fan was having. When they hired Cristobal, and right before the season, aren't we talking about Coastal Championship gets to the ACC? I'm watching on television, Kirk Herbstreet's predicting the Canes are going to be in the Final Four, they're going to make the playoffs? I don't know. Like, you're saying now that it's a rebuild, but I don't feel like we all had that energy right at the start of this season. I'm not going to say anything here that you haven't heard already. The, the, the part that's confusing to me, and we talked about this you know, after the Duke loss, after the Middle Tennessee State loss, all these games coming at home. And like I said, the Canes have gotten their shit kicked in by FSU in the past when they've been re... Well, it was like a 52-10 to 10 or something, that one game at FSU in the late 90s, you know, when Butch just took over, whatever the, the score. You know the game I'm talking about. This has happened, all right? So the Canes are taking their lumps right now. And, you know, in a couple of years, you're hoping it'll turn around. My, my big issue is, I didn't know this was a rebuilding year. Now, I got a buddy of mine who told me, and he made, you know, he made the point, and maybe he's right, because I'm sitting here, and I'm like, you got first-year head coaches all over the place, and especially with the way the transfer portal is now, you know, this isn't 1990 anymore, you need three, four years to build the program back up. Transfer portal can help you immediately. But you got teams out there with first-year head coaches who are improving upon last year. How could this Canes team be worse than when Manny Diaz was the coach? Manny Diaz, worst coach I've ever seen at UM. How can this Canes team be worse after Manny Diaz? And a buddy of mine, like, a buddy of mine said, you know, here's essentially what happened. And I guess, I guess it makes sense. Maybe he's right. And a buddy of mine said, you know, the Canes had shitty players with under Manny play in a system that works for them. Now they got shitty players in a system that doesn't work for them. You had shitty players in a system they fit in, and now you got player, you got shitty players in a system they, 
you know, essentially what, what you're hoping is going to be a better system, but it's really about recruiting the right kids. Now you had, you had shitty players in a system that works for them, and now you got shitty players in a system that doesn't work for them. And this is what happens. This is what it looks like. And I guess that does make sense to me. But, man, it, it's it's as bad a loss as the Hurricanes have ever had because FSU, home, expectations going into the season, and they're paying this coaching staff the most that the school has ever spent. We'll get Romberg on this week. We'll get his thoughts. He's He's got to be livid. I mean, all those guys got to be livid. I mean, that stadium, oh my God. I mean, you, you, you know, I, I saw the score, you know, the first time I checked it because I was at CCW on Saturday nights, but I was watching the UM game at the same time. But the first time I looked up, I mean, 14 to 3, you knew at that point. You knew what was going to happen. You knew what was going down. They were never going to be able to stop them. Game was a blowout from the get go. But man, you had some Canes fans who were upset with me last week. Number one, I didn't spend enough time on a game that didn't have any juice to it. Okay. It didn't. It didn't. Sorry. And number two, upset with me that I wasn't typed up for the Canes this weekend. And then they go out and it's 45 to 3. So I wasn't excited about it. If you, if you want, look, think of the Canes are going to every game. It doesn't make you a good fan, it makes you dope. You're allowed to sit back and say, you know what? We're going to get our shit kicked in by FSU this weekend. That's why I game didn't have juice to it. And they got their shit kicked in by FSU this weekend. I'm sorry. Keep it real, keep it don't, right? Isn't that what we're doing here? So, uh, I just, like I said, what am I going to say about the Canes this past weekend that you haven't already heard, you haven't already thought to yourself? So, let's get back to some NFL here. I want to go over a few of the big stories from the NFL this week. We're going to have our NFL rundown coming up, I'll get to some Heat basketball. But the biggest take, this was a wild NFL weekend. The biggest takeaways, I feel like there are there are three or four major takeaways. The biggest stories this NFL weekend. And of course, the, the week nine finishes up tonight with Baltimore-New Orleans. Kind of a weird game. And obviously, Dolphin fan, you're keeping an eye on the Baltimore game because they're right there in the thick of the AFC race. Everyone, by the way, everyone who's in the AFC playoff picture right now, one through seven, they're all, they all have a shot at first place. First place right now is Buffalo. They own the tiebreak. Buffalo at 6-2. and two. The last playoff spot right now is the Chargers. Can we start looking at that? We're halfway through the season. The last playoff spot right now is the Chargers, who are one game back of first place in the entire AFC. AFC is strong as hell. I mean, I know we talk about Buffalo, Kansas City, super top-heavy. So one game difference between 1 and 7. AFC is strong as hell. So... The biggest stories, I think there are three biggest stories in the NFL Week 9. Number one, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are so pathetic. Uh, Rodgers, hey, you know, a wise man once said you can't fix old. And Rodgers, what do you have, three interceptions, I believe it was? Two of them were inside the five-yard line. They score nine points against the Lions. Packers suck. Like, you want to get upset, all oh, the Packers, why didn't they make any moves? And I know they, they tried for Waller. They tried for Claypool. Obviously, they didn't try hard enough. But the reason they didn't try hard enough is because this team sucks. 
You think you're adding a, a Chase Claypool or a Dallin, Darren Waller who never plays, always hurt? You think you're adding one of those players and all of a sudden it fixes the Packers' rules? Team sucks. That's why they haven't done it. That's why they didn't do anything. It's why they didn't make any moves. Team sucks. Aaron Rodgers, though, has one of his worst games ever. Maybe his worst game ever. Maybe the worst regular season loss in Packers, uh, in Aaron Rodgers' uh, playing career. At this, this Detroit team, what, one win? That's big story number one in the NFL this weekend. Big story number two, the Jets. I can't believe the Jets are 6-3. and three. The Jets stun the Buffalo Bills. They get a field goal late, like a little more than a minute left. They get a stop. The Jets stun the Buffalo Bills. And by the way, you want to talk about MVP conversation, it takes Josh Allen out of it. You can't have back-to-back duds, bad games, the way that he has, and be in the MVP conversation. And he talked about after games lately, the quarterback played like shit. Can't win like that. That's good. That's a leader. You take responsibility there, but he's... He's not in the MVP conversation anymore. The Jets beating the Bills and now 6-3. Robert Sala keeping those receipts. You gotta go, I hate the Jets, but you got to get a little bit of credit here. Third biggest story from yesterday, Brady. Brady and the Bucks snapped snap the long losing skid. Well, it was at three in a row. Longest losing skid for Brady in 20 years, I think, right? Since the very beginning of his career. Does that make sense? Brady engineers the game-winning drive. What was it? They were on like their own 30, 44 seconds left. They drive down the field. They score a touchdown with nine seconds left. Brady comes out on the podium afterward. That was effing awesome. I felt good for him there. You got the divorce. You know what's wearing on him. I felt pretty good for Brady. Now, if he's wearing a Patriot uniform, still, I would not have felt good for him. I would not. But I felt pretty good for Brady there. So those are your three biggest stories from the NFL yesterday. Rodgers, like, where do you go from here with him? The Jets... And Brady. I feel good for Brady. I got to admit it. I'm sorry. I got I got to admit it. So those are the big stories from yesterday. We'll get to our NFL rundown coming up. The Heat, like I said, the Heat tonight, they are playing at 8. It's an 8.30 home game. Do not show up at 7.30. Your, your, you know, your ma- magnet, uh, your schedule magnet on your fridge. I love a good schedule magnet on the fridge. It says 8.30. It's correct. Maybe that's something to do with every team playing tonight. They tried to stagger some games here and there. I don't know. Pretty inconvenient for us here on the East Coast. I mean, in Portland, all right, so that's a, a 5.30 local time for them. But 8.30 sucks. That sucks for us here. So uh, not not exactly late night with the Heat, but all right. A little bit of a later start than you're used to. Starting at the same time as Monday Night Football, I guess. Saints and, uh, Saints and Ravens. But the Heat over the weekend... The Heat, by the way, start. this is the start of a four-game homestand. Portland tonight, who you obviously beat, what was it, a week and a half ago. Real good win. Portland, you got Charlotte two games in a row at home, just like you had Toronto two games in a row at home a week and a half, two weeks ago. I like how you do that. Less travel. Uh, enough with the load management. Make it a little bit easier on the players. You know the NBA player, there are two things he loves more than anything. He loves complaining and not playing. So if you lessen the travel, there you go. That could help a little bit. So you got Portland tonight, you got two games against Charlotte, and then you got Phoenix. You, you got to aim to go 3-1. and 4-0 would be great. Jimmy Butler's status up in the air. I think 3 and you know, when you're 4-6, and six, they lost Indiana on Friday night. When you're 4-6, and six, I don't think you can look at a homestand and say, hey, got to go 4-0. So 3-1, and one, 
Can that get us back to 500? You'd be 7-7 seven and seven at the end of this four-game homestand. The Heat lost on Friday night at Indiana. No Jimmy Butler once again. Tyler Hero, you can't really complain about the shot. It is what it is. He got a shot. It was a decent look. He misses there. The Heat lose by two. He had an awesome game. It is what it is. So the Heat 4-6 and six now, like I said, up tonight as they will take on Portland. Now, yesterday, I gave you the big stories from the NFL. But there was a lot of action. A lot happened yesterday. Let's get to our NFL rundown. All right. So, tons going on yesterday across the National Football League. You can't keep up with everything. And you need me here to tell you everything that went down. Let's start out now. This, the, 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 the weekend's tonight. Baltimore at New Orleans. Let's get to our full NFL rundown here. We start out Chargers- with a 20-17 win over Atlanta. A kooky finish there. He had a fumble for the Chargers when it was 17-all. Falcons pick it up. They're going the other way. Homeboy drops the ball. Chargers fall back on it. They end up getting a game-winning field goal. This all took place under a minute to go. True story. Chargers win 20-17. The third best quarterback in that draft three years ago. The best quarterback is Burrow. Second best, barely second best, is Tua. Third best by far is Herbert. And Herbert yesterday, 30 of 43, 245 yards, touchdown interception. Tua's second best quarterback. Maybe at some point he'll be first best in that draft. Herbert is number three by a long shot. Chargers improved to five and three. They are seventh final playoff spot right now. We got to keep track of that because we are more than halfway through the regular season at this point. And the Falcons, they dropped to four and five. And as a result, they are now in a first place tie, believe it or not, in the NFC South. Moving on. Cincinnati, a 42-21 win. They look like maybe they're starting to get going, but they also played the Panthers. 42-21. Cincinnati improves to five and four. The Panthers are two and seven. Joe Burrow, 22 for 28. 206 yards and a touchdown. The big story, though, Joe Mixon. 22 carries for 153 yards, four touchdowns on the ground, four catches for 58 yards and a touchdown in the air, five total touchdowns. He was fantasy MVP this weekend. Of course, my team played against him. Nobody cares about my fantasy football team. Nobody cares about your fantasy football team either. Detroit with a 15-9 win over Green Bay. This game's the dud of the day. Get the hell out of here if you had to watch this game. Aaron Rodgers, maybe the worst performance of his career. 23 for 43, 291 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions. Two of them came inside the five-yard line. Detroit improves to two and six. Green Bay falls to three and six. The Jacksonville Jaguars, a 27-20 win over Vegas, the Jaguars improved to 3-6. The Vegas Raiders are 2-6. Josh McDaniels, you'll be one and done. I mean, he took a playoff team. He completely ruined them. Trevor Lawrence, who, who I think is pretty damn average. 25 for 31, 235 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, fantasy owners, they were very pleased. 10 catches, 146 yards, two touchdowns. The New England Patriots coming up the rear <laughs> in the AFC East. They're now 5-4 with a 26-3 win over Indianapolis. The Colts are 3-5-1. Mac Jones, who is as average as average can be. 20 for 30, 147 yards, and a touchdown. He sucks. Moving on. One of the biggest stories of the week. 
the New York Jets. They actually do the Dolphins a solid here. The Jets, a 20-17 win over Buffalo. Josh Allen stunk it up. 18 for 34, careless of the football this year. 18 for 34, 205 yards, two interceptions. The Jets are 6-3. Buffalo is 6-2. You got a log jam in that AFC East now. You love to see it. The Minnesota Vikings. I, I feel like very quietly, the Minnesota Vikings are 7-1. With a 20-17 late win over Washington. They're called the Commanders this year. Washington drops to 4-5. Kirk Cousins, he did the whole, you like, you like that? He did that after the game. He was all iced up on the plane after the game as well. Uh, What's his name? Justin Jefferson. Seven catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. He's awesome. Maybe the best story of the season, not necessarily yesterday, but the best story of the season could be the Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith. The Seahawks, a 31-21 win over Arizona. Kingsbury's done. The only question is, is he fired in the middle of the season or the moment the season ends. Seattle improves to 6-3. The Cardinals drop to 3-6. Geno Smith, who should be in the MVP conversation. 26 for 34, 275 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And Kenneth Walker, the rookie, 26 carries, 109 yards. He had two touchdowns. Tampa Bay, already told you, game-winning drive. Tom Brady, 16-13. They beat the Rams. It feels like the Rams are done Big-time Super Bowl hangover. They dropped to 3-5. and five. The Bucks essentially keep their season alive. They're 4-5, and five, and they are now in a first-place tie in the South with the Falcons. Brady was 36 for 58, 280 yards, and the game-winning touchdown. And finally, Sunday night football. The Kansas City Chiefs trailing the entire game. They get a touchdown late. Mahomes runs. Mahomes uh, throws for the touchdown. Then he goes in for the two-point conversion, which would tie the game at 17. They get a field goal in overtime. They get a stop. Kansas City wins 20-17. to They are now 6-2. The Titans drop to 5-3. Patrick Mahomes, 43 for 68. 446 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He had six rushes for 63 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And that right there is your Week 9 NFL Rundown. Woo! Baby! There you go. AFC, man. Number one is Buffalo, 6-2. and two. The final wildcard spot is the Chargers, 5-3. and three. One game separates best in the AFC, and you get a bye. And last wildcard spot. AFC's big time. Panthers last night. The Panthers, I mean... Panthers go 2-2 two and two on the trip. Panthers last night, they win 5-3 at Anaheim. The game was 2-2 early in the third. Sam Reinhart finally gets his first goal of the season. And you saw he looked right up at the heavens like, oh, thank you, Hashem. Thank you so much. Sam Reinhart gets his first goal of the season, makes it 3-2. Panthers go up 4-2. They have a, and this this is the way it's gone for them so far. So the Panthers are up 4-2. There's under two minutes to play. They're on the power play now. So they're going to have a power play the rest of the game. When the Ducks pulled the goalie for the extra skater, because they're down two goals, the Panthers were about to get an empty net. They had to take a penalty. So now it's 4-2 Panthers. They're going to have a power play the remainder of the game. What could go wrong? Well, what could go wrong is the Panthers' power play sucks. They did get a goal last night. Panthers power play sucks. And they draw a penalty. 
and you get a penalty shot. Penalty shot. When you're up two goals on the power play to end the game. Ducks score on the penalty shot. It's now 4-3. But the Panthers are still on the power play. The Ducks have to pull the, the skater now just to get even strength. The Panthers take advantage, and right before the final buzzer, open empty net goal, Sam Reinhardt, second goal of the game, second goal of the season, Panthers win 5-3. And, you know, in the middle of the game, when the game was tied 2-2, I think it was Spencer Knight got the win last night. He was pretty good. Although the first goal he gave up last night, bad goal. But the Panthers are now 7-5-1. So they're a game over 500. And just... Like, I, I miss when the Panthers just kicked the shit out of everyone last year. And now, I, they're rarely up two goals on anyone. And I know they're, they're playing a style where it's like, all right, maybe there'll be some struggles now, but big, pl- big payoff later because this is the kind of hockey you got to play come playoff time. And Paul Maurice at the introductory press conference, he said as much that they got to play a different kind of style to be ready for the postseason. And you saw that last year in the postseason, you know, the finesse style, that run and gun, it didn't work for the Panthers. They barely got past Washington and they got their, their you know what, kicked in against Tampa in the next round. So maybe you're going to pay a price right now for it to work out later. But I, like, I miss beating the crap out of everybody. This season sucks so far. It sucks. So they go two and two against four teams on the road all of whom are not good. But the Panthers get the win last night, and now they are back home. Uh, they're starting a homestand on Wednesday. Are they starting a Yeah, they are. Five-game homestand starting Wednesday for the Panthers against Carolina. I hate Carolina. We got Carolina, Edmonton, Washington, Dallas, and Calgary. Huberto, you want to go to that game. So, five-game homestand here. Hopefully the Panthers can get right. Kachuk was suspended last night because the loss against Los Angeles the night before. Another game they shouldn't have lost. Kachuk, look. Kachuk does all the dirty, sneaky moves. And late in that game, he kind of, he, he jabbed the, the edge of his blade in between the, <laughs> inside the mask of the goalie, Jonathan Quick. I hate big-time agitator, Kachuk. You hate playing against him. But the Panthers need that kind of guy. So he was suspended. Two games for that. So they won last night without him. They'll be without him on Wednesday against Carolina. Then he'll be back. So Reinhardt got a couple goals. And maybe that winds up getting him going. Sam Bennett had the fourth goal, which put them up two goals yesterday. Hopefully that'll get him going. That was just his second game. But Brandon Montour had a very good... Brandon Montour's had a real good start to the season. Really helping pick up Ekblad being out. I think Ekblad's eligible to return in maybe one or two more games. So hopefully the Panthers can get right there. All right. So that's what we got going on, man. This was a major sports weekend. Major Miami sports weekend. Hope everybody... Shout out again. The guys at Dania Improv, my man Marcos hooking me up there to go see Brad Williams. Nelio, CCW, Coastal Championship Wrestling, first ever indie show I've ever been to. Man, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. We will go back. That was a great time, and I appreciate those guys. So, you know how we wrap up every show. You know how we do it, all right? Gotta let you know. Is it a big deal, or is it not a big deal? All right, here we go. So, got a few things for you here. Let's start out. Is Aaron Rodgers washed? Aaron Rodgers looking like he's washed. Big deal or not a big deal? Yeah, I'm going big deal because while I didn't think that the Packers were going to be any good this year, and I think that they probably knew that, which is why they didn't make any big moves before the season or at the trade deadline, I don't think you expected Rodgers to be washed. The body language is horrendous. He's never had a game. Like, everyone scores 60 points against the Lions. Rodgers had maybe the worst game of his career yesterday. So, 
I think Aaron Rodgers looks like he might be washed. And look, for some guys, it happens quick, man. So Aaron Rodgers being washed, yeah, that's a big deal. How about the Los Angeles Lakers yesterday? They lose at home the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are now 2-7 and seven on the season. You're hearing rumblings, Pat Beverly, that he's annoying. Not a great fit in that dressing room. That's not why they're losing. Westbrook's actually been playing really well off the bench. Are they going to trade Anthony Davis? I saw Bill Simmons, sports guy. He tweeted out that they could be looking to trade Anthony Davis. Is it a big deal that the Lakers are now 2-7? and seven? Yes, that is a big deal. Because will this team do the right thing and actually hit the rebuild button? The smart thing would be to rebuild. And you know, you know where that would start with? Trade LeBron. Trading LeBron. Now, are you going to get a lot back in terms of players for LeBron? I don't know. Because whoever would trade for LeBron is not going to want to sell the farm. But you can get every first-round draft pick that they have. That's for sure. So Lakers drop it at 2-7. and seven. That's a big deal. Do they have the balls to do anything about it? That I don't know. Also, Logan Paul. Logan Paul, if you listen, it's still real to me. My wrestling podcast, which debuted this past Saturday on the Zazzle Show 2.0 umbrella. Logan Paul had his third ever match for WWE at Crown Jewel this weekend. He fought the Tribal Chief, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. This was a five-star match. Logan Paul is officially the all-time greatest celebrity performer that WWE has ever had. He is phenomenal. But it's a big deal. He tore his ACL and his MCL and still finished the match. Not exactly sure when it happened, but he tore his ACL and MCL. That's a big deal. And he still puts on that kind of performance. Legend. Finally, I got one more free ass here. Big deal or not a big deal? Mason Taylor, freshman tight end for LSU, beats Alabama this weekend in Death Valley. Mason Taylor, the son of WWE, uh, the son of Miami Dolphin legend and NFL Hall of Famer Jason Taylor, and the nephew of my girl Joy Taylor. Mason Taylor scored his first touchdown of his collegiate career earlier in that game. And then catches the game-winning two-point conversion with no time left to beat Alabama. Actually, it was an overtime, so no time left. It was an overtime, and you only got to go for the two-point conversions. Mason Taylor gets the two-point conversion touchdown in overtime, and LSU beats Alabama. Second loss of the year for Alabama, so they're essentially done. Mason Taylor. That's a big deal right there. I'm so happy for him. I'm happy for Jason. I I text Joy right after the game ended. I'm so happy for her. Unbelievable. And he that kid might play in the NFL because he's a big-time player as a freshman. Tight end LSU. Mason Taylor beating Alabama this weekend. That's a big deal. Wow. All right. What a great show today. Great show. Make sure you you download, you like, you subscribe, you rate, wherever you're getting the Zazzle Show 2.0 podcast whatever platform you're using. Obviously, hit me up at Zaslow Show. 
Let me know if you're enjoying the show, if there's something you like, something you don't like, something you think I could do better. We'll start integrating uh, guests onto the program. I mean, you know we had fake Zaslow on the show last week, did a little big game, not a big game with him. We're going to start getting the guests on the program, I think, this week, all right? So we're, we're getting closer and closer to it feeling like, you know, the Zaslow show has felt for the past however many years. All right, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us today. Great job by everybody involved with the program, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning on Zaslow Show 2.0. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task, unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies. For both trailers and motorhomes, let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry. They specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204.